Welcome, welcome to welcome. the only podcast that draws you in like a straw in a milkshake. It's Pastor Live, the lighthearted podcast adventure that's all about God, the Word, answers to your questions, and, well, sometimes it's more questions to your questions. Hang on tight. You're listening to Pastors Live with Pastor Ty, Pastor Dave, Pastor Shane, and the other guy. Hey, everybody, it's Pastors Live, and it is Wednesday, February 22nd. Hey, Dave, you got a little thing on your forehead there, you so I'm just, <laughs> just messing with you. Hey, it's Ash Wednesday today. Oh, oh and so <laughs> thank you very much. So back yeah, to my so, Catholic roots. Yeah, sorry. So yeah, so uh, and, and we <laughs> that got, was awesome. So we have Pastor Dave here. The look on his face was I grand. Yeah, uh, we got Pastor James here today. Uh, Shane is still dealing with a, a water issue at his uh, sorry, domicile. Shane Shane's water uh, broke. Yeah, Shane's water broke. <laughs> Oh, nice play! On oh, this. nice. That was good. And Thank we got you very Gary. Much. I'm here all week. Yeah, we got Gary Austin, the voice of the valley. Pleasure. Uh, Pleasure. We're so glad to have you here, sir. And we're Happy glad that here. you're uh, kind of r- driving the ship. We're going to try and keep it off the rocks today. <laughs> uh, today is Ash Wednesday for just those of you ask who anybody. Celebrate. Just ask anybody. Uh, and for those of you who celebrate, God bless you. And it is the beginning of Lent. Um, and for those of you who do not know what Lent is, uh, Lent is the 40 days, which leads up to Easter Sunday and it leads up to the passion week of Jesus. And, uh, for all of our brothers and sisters out there that celebrate Lent, we just want to say, God bless you. We're praying for you. It's a season Um, of reflection, season season of of repentance. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think one of the things that my daughter experienced, uh, when she moved, uh, with her husband, Chris, uh, to Michigan is they were looking for a church, right? And they went to this one church and she called me one afternoon and, and this was pretty common for the first little season they were there and she called and she said i don't i'm not sure what to do with what happened and it was it was it was a time of lament mm-hmm. the whole church it was a, it was a moment of lament where the whole church was just lamenting over sin and and she didn't she'd never she didn't grow up in a culture that did that i mean this is obviously a church on the east coast so it's a little bit different and they had this moment of lament and they had this space where they're like oh man and and she didn't know what to do with that well lent is kind of that same thing it's like the season of mourning of of, re, of reflection and repenting over sin to that's say right. look we need to live a life that's holy and acceptable unto the lord right mm-hmm. which is our reasonable service i, I love that that passage, by the way, it's one of my favorite places to go in Romans, right? Romans 12, one and two, right? It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable proskuneho, the Greek word for worship, right? It's, it's your reasonable worship. Um, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Uh, Romans 12, one and two. So this idea of of living a life that honors the Lord is super important for us. Right. And I, I think I think sometimes we forget that. And we forget we need to come back to that. Yeah. You know, speaking of Ash Wednesday, part of our reading today, <clears throat> pardon me, part of our reading today. Uh, You're sounding Proverbs, a little ashy there, Dave. You okay? Yeah, I got a little something in my throat. Okay. <laughs> uh, in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 6, it says, Blessings are upon the head of the just or upon the head of the righteous. Yeah. So kind of an interesting thought for Ash Wednesday. Well, yeah. And it, by the way, if, for those of you who don't know the, the the church history of Ash Wednesday, the palm branches from the year before used in the celebration of Palm, palm Sunday, Sunday yeah. are taken and they're kept, they're dried, and then they're burnt. And then um, and then they're used as uh, they're used as those ashes are used to put a 
cross on the forehead of those who come to those services. And you'll actually, we'll see students here today that have gone to church uh, early this morning uh, for uh, services at their church. We'll have that on there because it's part of their tradition. And by the way, traditions aren't bad as long as those traditions don't take away from who Jesus is, you know. And I think there's some great history here uh, for us to, hey, look, we're going to enter into a season of reminding us what Jesus did on the cross. and that Jesus did die for our sins, and are we living for him? And I, I think that's and, important. And why does it matter that Jesus died, and that's what you're talking about on Wednesday nights? And so tonight you can come out. Who is Jesus? Why does it matter that he died? A lot of people died on crosses. I mean, yeah. the Romans were crucifying yeah. people left and right. Why does it matter that Jesus died? Right. And, and, and that's what this season's about. And it's interesting because when you, for me, when I started doing looking at the deity of Jesus, it's everywhere. Yeah. How can you not see the deity well, of Jesus throughout the scriptures? Well, it's the blinders, and obviously, you know, the, the the Hebrew people are blinded to that fact that he is Messiah, the Mashiach Nagid. They're blinded to that. But even in our culture, people are blinded to that, that Jesus is not just a man who became, because of a good life, something divine. He is the divine made flesh and as the divine made flesh, these are conversations that we have to have to be good students of the scripture. <laughs> and it just boggled my mind. The more I started looking at it, I had to go back. I, I, I had to go all the way back to Genesis 1-1 to just start talking about Jesus. Because if you don't understand Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 2-4, uh, you're not going to understand who Jesus is. Because in Revelation chapter 4, I love that, right? So Revelation chapter 4 Jesus is worshiped and honored as creator, which is Genesis 1. Right. And so there, there is no question on who Jesus is. Jesus is God. He is the God of creation. He's the creator God. And that's but, why it's important that he died. You know, James yeah. gave the gospel uh, so clearly last Friday at the end of our program. And <clears throat> that's why that's important. You know, I asked, I, every Monday I get to eat lunch with our graduating seniors. With the senior class from our school. Right. And so last Monday, uh, I asked the seniors, I said, you know, somebody recently uh, said uh, to me that, hey, you guys at Water Springs are sort of gospel light. You know, you're a little light on the gospel. What? And I said, you know, um, I, I, I think that you might be missing something here. And so I, I said, I bet our seniors could very easily give me a good definition of the gospel. And we had a great conversation about 20 minutes during lunch about the gospel. But it was interesting, you know, because every one of them could say the gospel is Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose again on the third day that you might have eternal life. But then I said, okay, that's nice, but I can get that from any cultist that comes to my door. I can get that from any religion religionist who comes to my door. They'll all say the same thing. I go, what what what's the difference between you and a religionist, a cultist, or anybody else? What's the difference? And it comes down to who is Jesus, yeah. right? Who yeah. is he that died on the cross? Why is he different from anybody else who died on a cross? Yes, he's God. He right. is God. And if you don't if you don't really have that concept. Uh, you, you really need to to find yourself a church that's teaching the gospel because right. we're anything but 
gospel. But see, that's one yeah. of the things that sets Christianity apart from other religions. All the other religious systems uh, give steps and hoops to jump through and things so that you can attain deity. But we have deity, God, the eternal God, the creator of everything, who stripped himself of his deity right. and became sin so that that broken relationship could be restored. It's the opposite of every other world religious structure. Right. Yeah. It's nothing that we earn. It's a gift we're given. That's right. called grace. Right. Well, I mean, right? Yeah. yeah, I was yeah. sharing with the kids last, last Monday. I said, you know, when I was your age, Matthew 7, 20 and 22 scared the snot out of me, right? Many at the end of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, many will many come will in say, that yeah. day and they'll say, didn't I do this in your name? I did that in your name. Look what I have done for you, right? And Jesus will say, uh, he, he said, I will say to them in that day, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Well, no, we're not working iniquity. We're casting out demons. We're lifting our hands. We're speaking in tongues. Which is frightening because everything can be faked. Right? Yeah. Everything in Christianity can be faked or, yeah, those verses scare me to death, Dave. Right? You're absolutely right. And then they began to comfort me, those verses, because I realized, oh, what he's saying is these people will come in that day and say, look what I have done in your name. Look what I have done for you. Instead of, as Pastor James just said, coming and saying, oh, Lord. It's not what I've done for you. Yeah. It's what you've done for me. Why should I let you into my kingdom? Well, I did this, I did this, I did this. Eh, wrong answer. Why should I let you into my kingdom? Oh, Lord, I, if I was you, I wouldn't let me into your kingdom. But what you've done for me gives me access. A hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. It's powerful it, stuff. It man. is. It's powerful stuff. Uh, we had a comment that came in, uh, which I think is going to be kind of interesting. It's, 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 uh, it's a question. It says, hello, pastors. Hello. Hi. Yeah, it's a nice to. Uh, uh, and this is from this is from uh, Jenna uh, here in Idaho Falls, and Hi, she Jenna. says, "Can you please address how to tell if you're hearing an answer from God to a prayer, or if you're only hearing the answer you want to hear?" Uh, this <laughs> wow. is especially difficult to understand hmm. when there isn't Scripture directly addressing the issue you are praying about. Thank you. Uh, and again, Jenna, that's a great question. One of the first things I'd like to point out is, is you're absolutely right. There are things that we do pray about that aren't directly uh, addressed in Scripture. Um, and I, and I, that, that's always hard. So when we're talking about the will of God or is this okay for me to do this thing, I think one of the things you have to remember is God loves you. Uh, I, I mentioned Romans 12, 1 and 2. Is your life surrendered to the Lord? I think that's important. Um, and, but I can tell you this right now, uh, if it's sin, that's addressed in scripture. Don't do sure. that a hundred percent. That's the first thing I want to share with people. Like I'm praying about this thing and it's not directly a, approached in scripture, but it, does it honor God? Uh, yes or no. If it's no, don't do it. Is it sin? Well then don't do it. Is it something that's going to make you miserable? Well then don't do it. Right. Is it something that's going to cause you harm? Don't do it. Um, but you know, how would you guys address that when somebody's like, Hey man, uh, I'm, just, I'm praying about this thing. How do I know I'm hearing from the Lord? So Dallas Willard wrote a really great book called hearing God. Mm-hmm. And he talks about these three lights. Are you familiar with that book? I am. Okay. So in oh, that, I am not, I'm going to order that book right now. Yeah, what he, is it? What's he, it called? Hearing, Dallas God. hearing God, Dallas Willard. Oh, yeah. I got to order mm-hmm. that book right he, now. He talks about these three lights 
uh, kind of like green lights in a sense. One is circumstances. Do the circumstances line up? Uh, the inner promptings uh, that, that you're feeling compelled to move forward with. And then also scripture. Does it line up with scripture as Pastor Ty just articulated? You know, there's there's so many things in our culture that aren't specifically addressed, but there's principles, godly principles, by which Christians live their lives even in a modern culture. Well, and that's w- the application part of inductive Bible study, by sure. the yes. way. That's, yep. you know, yeah. And I would add a fourth light, which is godly counsel. Uh, so Dallas Willard mentions three, scripture, circumstances, and inner promptings, and I would add the fourth of godly counsel. You know, another good book you guys might be familiar with, Lauren Cunningham, uh, Is That Really You, God? Fantastic mm. book. Um, and it basically tells the story of, it's his um, kind of autobiography of how he started Youth with a Mission. And um, it, it, the, part of the application is how a student who may be considering youth with a mission can say, Lord, is that really you? But it's a fascinating thing because it's okay to fail, right? We say yeah, all the time around absolutely. here, failure is always an option. Um, it's okay to step out. I mean, if Lauren Cunningham back. had not stepped out and started youth with a mission, we none of us would even know what YWAM is, right. but that he stepped out and said, eh, is that really you, God? And all of a sudden, you know, you know YWAM bases all over the world. Well, and I and I and Dave, we've had this conversation too, and and this is one of the things about ministry that's always hard. You try and communicate with the church, you try and communicate vision, you know, you try and communicate direction, all those things. But there are times that even as a ministry, you step out in faith, right. and then you have to step back in obedience, yeah, right, because you go, all right, we stepped out, and then the Lord's like, yeah, this isn't what I want. <laughs> So I need you to step back. And it's like when we are so stubborn-headed that – but but yeah. we – sit and, and I was accused when we were in Salmon a lot of not knowing how to hear the voice of the Lord. And I, and I said, oh, no, 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 no. I heard the voice of the Lord. That's why we're not doing that anymore. But you, you said we're going to do it. I said – and we did. And then the Lord said, stop. Mm-hmm. And so I don't – don't don't accuse me of not hearing the voice of the Lord because I've retreated in faith. Yeah. In other words, I stepped out in faith. I've retreated in faith. That w- well, and I think that's a it's an interesting thing. Peter Peter heard the voice of Jesus take a sword or two, but then he uses the sword and the Lord says, "Sheath that sword, son." Yeah, don't yeah don't do that. <laughs> right, right. I, I'm I'm stickering he swung, because he swung in faith. There you go. Yeah, so, I'm yeah. stickering because I had a counseling appointment last week. Uh, it was an evening appointment. And so I'm, I'm here and I'm meeting with this guy and he's kind of beating himself up a little bit. And he, he literally called himself Peter. He goes, man, I just, I feel like I stepped out of the boat and I've taken my eyes off of, off of the Lord and onto my circumstances and I'm going down. And he's just like beating the snot out of himself. And I finally said, brother, there were 11 guys who never got out of the boat. Right, never got out of the boat. <laughs> you know, yeah. so cut yourself a little bit of slack, okay? Yeah. Now, I was going to say about that concept of failure, I, I guess it depends on what value you give to the word failure, because I would say true failure is complacency. True failure is yeah. not moving forward and giving it a shot in the way that yes. you feel God has wired, go. designed, and called you. I mean, you yeah. know, if, if you're having little failures along the way, don't necessarily look at them as failures. Look at them as, okay, this wasn't the, the door that I'm supposed to walk through. Right. And you keep moving forward. You keep pressing on with yeah. your eyes fixed on Christ. And uh, that correct door will open like YWAM. You know, well, my dad, how Sylvie and I came to Calvary Chapel. I've told the story before. I think we're talking about the other day. I knew we were leaving the denomination we were a part of my entire life. We got married in. We dedicated our first two babies at that church, but God was moving us on. There was just one place I wasn't going to ever go was Calvary Chapel. And so we're, we're trying these different churches in our area and we land at 
Hosanna Chapel. We were there six weeks before we found out it was Calvary Chapel. And we were already in love. And, you know, it's like, oh, right. my gosh, we love this place. We're not going anywhere. Spent the next, pardon me, 13 years there. But that, like you're saying, you know, James, you just you step out, you go, you keep moving forward. We knew we were supposed to leave where, you know, the other where we were coming out of. And we went to this church. No, that wasn't it. Went to that church. No, that wasn't it. I mean, we could have gone back and still be sitting in a kind of the frozen chosen church, but the Lord was moving us on. But you you, you keep trying. You keep pressing forward. Well, and and my dad used to say something really interesting because I wasn't I wasn't the greatest student, right? And because we didn't realize I had some learning deficiencies. You know, I had some issues I needed help with, and we didn't know that. Because when I was a kid, I was tested in a gifted program because of the, the way I handled things. And so they treated me as a gifted student, which meant they didn't catch the, my difficulties, right? So I was a difficult student. And every once in a while, I'd kind of give up. And my dad made a point of saying, the only time you ever fail is when you don't try. Yeah. And I think we, we have a tendency to look at ministry and we have a tendency to look at our decision-making process in that way. I, it's got to be perfect. I have to have it right. If I don't have it right, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? Um, there are big decisions in life that you don't want to get wrong, like getting married. Uh, right. That's, you don't want to, you don't want to mess that one up. Right. Um, but like if you're praying about getting married and you're feeling like you're not getting, you're, you're feeling uncomfortable, well then don't, don't get married right now. That's not your time. It's not your time. Right. Uh, you know, you need to be, it needs to be ready for that. You need to be ready for that. But the idea is like stepping out in ministry. Like so many people are like, I don't know what to do for the Lord. Well, do something and try it out. Right. We used to make this statement with uh, young people. We used to say uh, when we were doing ministry in Salmon, we'd say, listen, we're going to go ahead and we're going to try this for three weeks. And after 21 days, we're going to meet again. And if it's working for us, great. If it's working for you, great. If it's not working for you, great. If it's not working for us, great. We're all going to do something different and we're all going to still love each other. But so many people are like, I tried children's ministry, but now I failed there. So now, now I can't serve anywhere. Right. And it's like, no, like, look, maybe you're, you're greeting people at the door and you're like, you're, that's your, that's your jam. Or maybe you're in the wrong age group or you're in the wrong age group. Those little nine, those little nose miners aren't, aren't your thing, but maybe you should be with sixth graders. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you should be sixth graders or doing youth ministry or, and, and that's, that's an interesting dilemma. Like when we talk about, we talk about worship ministry, here's, here's a great example of, a failure in worship ministry. I have made more mistakes as a musician, as a worship musician, than I ever did as a professional musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're trying to be open to the spirit, we're trying to work with other people. We make mistakes. We miss a capo. We sing. We, we sing a note wrong. We we have a bad day. I mean, everybody has a bad day, sure. right? Um, but the idea is like we want to give people opportunity to fail, but sometimes people can't bear the the weight of failure that's so publicly exposed. Sure. Right, and that's really hard, and that's why it's it's hard. Like for our worship community, that's why we now have a choir, a uh, place for people to learn how to sing. We have we're starting to do classes like guitar classes and piano classes and, and percussion classes. Why? Because we want people to know how to use their instruments well, so they can do well at the level they can do. We we don't want to put people throw people to the the wolves, so to speak. We don't want to put somebody in a place they can't things they can't do. Um, I remember when I first got here. I was filling in, and the worship leader at the time, this is five years ago, worship leader at the time said, hey, we're doing this song, I need you to play this lick. And I'm like, I've never heard the song before. I just got here and plugged in, worships in 20 minutes. And, oh, I, I tanked that puppy. I got I, I crashed it the first time. I got it right the second two times, but first time, it was a nightmare. And you know what? It's just failure. We all fail, but 
God loves us in it. And we, we have a tendency to think God doesn't love us in, a, in making a, a decision sure. that. But again, what you might realize too, and I want to encourage it, is that the reality is that God actually speaks more than you might think to what's going on in your life. I think sometimes you just have to look at some of the bigger issues of the Word of God. Yeah. I think the one thing I, I would said, I would want to just add to our conversation with our sister is that when we remember that in Psalm 37, 4, we're told that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he'll give us the desires of our heart. That means he'll appoint the desires. It doesn't mean he gives us what we want. It means he gives us our wants. Yeah, he gives us our wants. He'll appoint. He will ascribe to you the desires of your heart. The question is, how do I know I'm delighting myself in the Lord? Isaiah 58 verses 13 and 14 say that when we when we put him first, when we prioritize the Lord, we prioritize his word, we prioritize his day and don't try to do our own thing. In other words, we would say as New Testament believers, when we die to self and want to do everything that honors the Lord, do what you want. I mean, really, truly. And it's interesting, Pastor Dave, because I was jumping to Psalm 37 as well. Oh, how funny. In in the context of failure, and I would encourage anyone out there who is afraid to step forward because of fear of failure, if you are on your own and not following Jesus, yes, you will fail and fall flat on your face. However, theologically, you will never fall on your face if you are moving forward in faith. And read Psalm 37, especially I was thinking about this, verses 23 and 24. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall fall for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I love, love that. that. Love that. I love, love that. It, love it. And we're out of time. And so we hope that helped. We should invite people to church tonight. Yeah, we do. Hey, come join us for church tonight. Uh, seven o'clock here at Water Springs Church, uh, 4250 South, 25th East. We're on Hit Road. Um, and uh, be praying for us. They're going to be, we'll, we'll be where all the construction is here pretty quick. Uh, and we'll be so, online tonight. And we'll be online tonight. Area. Yeah, if you're out of the area, you can join us online. And listen, you are loved. You are family. We're so thankful for you guys. Thanks for being part of Pastors Live with us. And uh, we'll catch you tomorrow. It's the one and only. Pastors Live, a Rev FM production with Pastor Ty, Pastor Dave, Pastor Shane, and the other guy. Download and listen to more episodes from Spotify and Apple Podcasts and submit your questions and comments for next time to Pastors Live at the Rev.fm. His music, his word, the, the Rev. Rev.